the answer to the question everybody wants to know. LeBron, what's your decision? Um, in this fall, man, it's, it's, it's very tough. And this fall, I'm going to take my talents to... The Rich Eisen Show. Damn straight. Come on, bro. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. What works for the Suns? Chris Paul's working. I guess you you can run out of bad luck. Today's guests, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Kurt Warner. NFL writer for The Ringer, Kevin Clark. Plus, from the Showtime drama Black Monday, actor Paul Shear. And now... It's Rich Eisen. All right, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show here on this uh, Friday uh, at the end of the first full week of June or July. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> I do know I'm sitting July, here live Rich, on uh, 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 I'm sitting here on uh, the Rich Eisen Show set here in Los Angeles, California. Uh, July 9th, right? Is that what day it is? Is that like July 10th? July 9th. Welcome to July 9th, Rich Eisen Show. It's going to be special. (laughs) Uh, All three hours worth, all special. It's going to be great. Um, Good to see you, Chris Brockman. How are you over there? I'm great. Mike Del Tufo. Hey, Rich. uh, And uh, TJ Jefferson. Come on down. Good to see you. (laughs) What up, Rich? How are you? Good to see you. All right. Uh, So the NBA Finals is over. Congratulations. Wait a minute. I'm being told there's still two games left to go. Look, we were talking about the Suns having a, a feel of inevitability going Going into the series, going into game one, going into game two, after game one. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy calling the action on TV for ESPN. John Barry calling action on radio for ESPN. Both back-to-back last two days prior to this July 9th show. July 9th. July 9th, July 9th, 9th show. 9th. Uh, 2021. Um, a couple times, I, I basically got to stop and say, you know, it's it's we're, we're talking as if it is inevitable. And... Um, um, they didn't deny that it sounded that way. And, hey, you know, there's still series. And, and if I told you that uh, Giannis uh, Tedekumpo would uh, perform as he performed Ooh, last night, uh, he would have uh, 42 points, 12 rebounds, uh, shooting 11 of 18 from the line, which for him is, you know, 61%. That's pretty damn good for him. Uh, throwing four assists to steal three blocks. And um, also... Um, Score 20 points in the third quarter, which we haven't seen since Jordan did something like that in an NBA Yeah, 25 finals. years. In the so NBA um, if you said that, like, okay, we're, we're going back to Milwaukee, tied at one apiece. Problem is, problem is, and this is the ultimate conundrum for the Bucks. The ultimate conundrum for the Bucks. Problem is, is you've got a problem when the opposing team says, we'll let your MVP try and beat us. You know? They also have That's a pro- basically it. Like we can't. Yeah. Or you can, well, you can't stop him. I mean, the first points of the game was him going coast to coast and jamming it down. He's amazing. I mean, he is truly He's amazing. amazing. But 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 if 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 you're like can't give him the ball in crunch time because he's going to go to the free throw line and shoot sixty one percent, which you know Van Gundy's like, look, not every game comes down to one possession or something. Like, usually it does though when it comes down to a, a playoff game, and. He is tremendous. He's terrific. But he just had that game last night, and it felt like empty calories. And yeah, I think the bigger problem for the Bucks is, is they they don't know on a daily basis which Chris Middleton is showing up. Mm. And Drew Holiday looked scared to shoot the ball last night. How about twelve or thirty-seven combined shooting for both yeah. of them? Five or sixteen for Middleton, and they have it. And seven of twenty-one for Drew Holiday. So Giannis does what he does, and it's like the Suns are like, okay. Um, We'll we'll let your we'll, we'll let you normally it's like we will not let the MVP beat us and we'll let everybody else try and beat us 
And I guess the the MVP tried to beat him, and the everybody else, you know, couldn't beat him. But Giannis and has to score sixty if, if those guys. That's what it looks like. like that. That's that's what I'm saying. Is you that know? the seat comes up with that stat? He do you know the Bucks? Giannis was the only Buck positive in the plus minus yeah. ratio last night. Three. Everybody else was minus. Meaning when they're on the floor, they're they're losing. And the Suns are just they just even when they're deep. Even even when you're. You feel like you're gonna maybe catch them. They make the plays. There was a a, a, a point last night, four minutes to go, and yeah, uh, it was a six game. point game. Yep. And the Suns miss rebound. Suns miss rebound. Suns get a three pointer, and then that was it. That, yeah. that was a the four minute that mark. Was right after like this could be it. Connaughton had an open three that would have cut it to a three point game. He missed. Then on the other end, you mentioned. Three offensive rebounds. Chris Paul hits a corner three. Bucks come down, miss. Bridges puts in a layup, and now it's 11. It could have been three. Now it's 11, and that's a wrap. So they make all the plays when they need to. They're deep. Bridges, you just mentioned him. Career playoff high 27. He's just – this is also why it feels inevitable because they're peaking. You could see they are peaking. Chris Paul has been peaking for a damn month, even, even with COVID. Even he fights off COVID. He's been peaking for a month. Booker's been peaking for, what, a year and a half. DeAndre Ayton has been peaking. And both Camerons are peaking. Yep. And and then Monty Williams. This caught my ear and eye last night. Because we, we, we heard about how, how he is uh, coach of the year material. And even though Tom... Thibodeau won the award from what from from the writers right from his peers though I think Monty Williams won the award and he just brings it the it is just a calm smooth ocean there are no waves just a destination that's what you want that's what you need you need that calm sense of strong stewardship. That's what he brings. That's what he always seems to bring. This was last night. DeAndre Ayton is got his head down. He's got his head down in the huddle. Did you see this, Chris? I did. Okay. It's awesome. And wired for sound. So for those, you know, we're going to play it uh, right here on Peacock. So I'll describe it even for those who are watching us on our daily stream after the Dan Patrick show before brother from another that um, DeAndre Ayton's got his head down and Monty Williams is coaching him specifically in the huddle. Give a listen. This is the deal. One, we're getting back in transition. You don't have Giannis find a man and be a guard. Two, look at me. You set a high level for yourself. That's why you're down. That's great. Now go reach that level. Okay? And you can reach it with force. Doesn't have to be stats all the time. Go dominate the game with force. Okay? Because you set a high level for yourself. Go dominate the game with force. Let's go. Amazing. It's so cool. Come on. Look at me in the face. You set a high level for yourself. That's why you're down right now. First of all, 
If you don't have Giannis, pick somebody up. Be a guard. I believe in you. You're, you're you 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 have immense ability outside of obviously being tall and being our pivot man or whatever. You, I believe in you. And look at me. You've got to set a high level for yourself. That's why you're down right now. Let me let me let me psychoanalyze you on the spot and tell you. You don't have to do it with stats. Do it with poise. Go reach the level that you set for yourself, which is why you're down. So go reach it. How incredible is that? Yeah, not yelling, not screaming no. over the crowd. I got not you. I, in his I, face. I know exactly why you're down. I know exactly how you can get out of it. This is called coaching. This is called also cool, common. Like, I'm not freaking out. Hey, come on, wake up. Right? How many coaches might look at you? Wake up. Right. Snap out of it. Yeah. No, you said high level for yourself. That's why you're down right now. How amazing is that? I loved that. Incredible. Best producers I've had in this business and, you know, um, are always chill. Always chill. I, I don't need to know what, what's going on in the control room unless it affects my ability to host a show. I need to know what I need to know. And a good producer will tell me what I need to know and deal with all the other stuff. And when they get in my ear, it's like a calm, cool, glacial, you know, glass ocean. I don't need to know that the perfect storm is going on behind me. That's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't need to know that. Exactly. I once said, uh, and he was excellent as well, but, you know, I had a producer one time and we'd during uh you know a commercial break first thing i would hear is this <sighs> right meaning that you're overtime correct yeah <laughs> and then sometimes the, after after the <sighs> it was we got an effing problem <laughs> literally is what it would say i mean come on that's 20 years ago out out this guy <laughs> no he's a sweetheart of a guy <sighs> right yeah it, I don't but get it. But yeah. honestly, that's this is why you're seeing why Mikhail Bridges is suddenly peaking. This is why you're Cameron seeing Payne, why like, Cameron yeah. Payne's peaking. Yeah. This is why you're seeing. I mean, I'm looking down the rest of the team. Last night, the Suns conversely had one player in minus territory in the plus minus. Everyone else was positive. That's why you're seeing Cameron Johnson peaking. That's why you're seeing everybody's peaking. Chris Paul's playing his best basketball ever, which obviously has a lot to do with his generational talent. But Monty Williams, I think it's all one big, huge package. And good luck to the Bucks to win four of the next five. I don't think, you know, I don't see it. Yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it either. But, you know, if if... Middleton and Holiday and Giannis can put together games that I don't know. I mean, it's it's obvious what needs to happen. They got to shoot better and they have to actually stop the ball. And they've got to rebound. They've they've got to come up with the extra play. They've got to come up with the extra, you know, shot. They 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 haven't been able to find it. Yeah, and, and we said Booker it. was going to get it going, and he did. Seven threes yeah, last night. They so shot fifty percent as a team, and he's so good, you know, because you know it's not just Paul; it's a hell of a backcourt. Yeah, hell of a backcourt. So you know, we're always in search of interesting um, names and individuals to talk about um, topics of the day, and certainly lead topics like an NBA Finals being halfway 
uh, to a championship for the Phoenix Suns. So one of the biggest uh, Phoenix stars that I know. And I know St. Louis fans will be like, what are you talking about? But um, this man went to Arizona late in his career and damn near took the Cardinals to the Lombardi championship podium. And he's one of my favorite people on the planet, my colleague from the NFL Network and Game Day Morning, Kurt Warner, is going to join us. And uh, he's kind enough to be saying, I'll call you, uh, I'll take your call from the airport. He's flying off with his wife to present an award at the ESPYs, which I, you know, is happening this weekend. Happening this weekend, yeah. Um, Kevin Clark, who's working the ringer, talking NFL, is terrific. He wrote a great piece this week about the match as well. So we'll talk with Kevin Clark about the football season that two months from tonight kicks off in Tampa. And Paul Shear, he's going to join you, uh, TJ Jefferson. Um, you can have a nice little Clippers pity party together. Right <laughs> it'll be later on. But when we come back, Kurt Warner right here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show talking about what went down with the Phoenix Suns. And, of course, we'll talk NFL football with him. That's next right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What did it mean to you to lift this? Knowing, again, your story. A lot of folks think they know your story, but the amount of time and effort you took to put in to, to never give in to those who said you can't, all came to a head the night yeah. that you won this in this town. Yeah, I mean, you dream of winning that trophy and, and winning the Super Bowl and being a part of that. But for me, it was it was so much more because it happened so quickly. And it was that first year that I was starting and to go on to, to win the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I, I, it meant more than even winning the Super Bowl, I think, for me, because it was the journey. And it was the people that said you had no chance. And it was the moments that I remember sitting there with my wife going, 
is it just time to, to give up? Is it time to let the dream go? Um, how often did you have some... that chat with Brenda? Do you think? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we had it a lot, but we had it a few times where, you know, you have those people that are in your life that want to support everything you do, mm -hmm. but they give you that look like, you know, <laughs> I'm supporting you, but, but come on, dude. I mean, really, it's probably not going to happen at this point. It's just, you know, so at some point you have to let it go. I mean, you, I think about that with my kids, you know, my kids have the dream of playing in the NFL and doing that. And, you know, I've got one that's playing in college now and Nebraska, right in Nebraska and one that's, uh, you know, just 14, a freshman. But I just think to myself, for most people, it comes to an end at some point. And I've got to be ready as a dad to go, okay, it's been great, but maybe this is the end for you. And that's how the people, my parents, uh, my wife, as much as they wanted to support me and, and help me along this path. I mean, you get to be 26, 27 and it's like, you know, I love you dear. And maybe the thing I have to tell you is it's time to let it go. And, um, you know, and I tell people all the time that, you know, we say, how do you keep going? You know, how do you keep going when you're working in a grocery store and you're doing that sort of stuff? The funny thing for me was that everybody looks at sitting on the bench for four years and getting cut by green Bay and going to the grocery store. And all I ever looked at was every time I played football, every time I was between the lines, my one year in college player of the year in our conference, you know, when I played in arena football, we went to two championships. I was the best quarterback in the league when I went to Europe. And so what kept me going was nobody's ever shown me. I've never stepped on a field and not being been able to be successful. And so I think that's what would have just killed me is had I walked away, never given the opportunity to succeed. I didn't want to be that guy that was 47 years old sitting on the couch going, man, if I would have just got the opportunity, I could have done it. Um, so that's what kept me going was just, I need that one legitimate chance to prove I can play. And thank goodness it came uh, from St. Louis Rams. What a story, man. What a story. That's Kurt Warner who's about to join us. We're back here with our radio audience joining us right here, 844-204-RICH being the number to dial. We'll take your phone calls later on this hour. Paul Shear, the actor from uh, Black Monday, he will join us in hour number three. Kevin Clark of The Ringer. Um, a couple of things happened last night outside of the basketball world that kind of leapt out at us, including um, move over, Otani. You're not the only home run hitting pitcher in Major League Baseball. What a <laughs> moment last night in San Diego. We'll hit on that latest Padres Grand Slam. That really is what baseball's all about. Although Washington Nationals fans might disagree. But uh, that's coming up later on in this show. For the moment, though, is our next guest on the phone line. Yes, he is. Joining us right now, his Phoenix Suns. Yes, his Phoenix Suns. This is a man who once came so close to bringing a Lombardi trophy to the Valley of the Sun. As a matter of fact, he's as close as they ever came was thanks to his right arm and Larry Fitzgerald's hands and legs and the rest of that team. My compadre from NFL Game Day Morning and Westwood One Radio, Kurt Warner here on the football uh, program known as the Rich Eisen Show for the moment. How are you, Kurt? What's going on, brother? I am doing good, man. I'm excited to uh, have you as part of uh, a new team at Westwood One, my friend. Thank so, you, bud. Going to be uh, going to be a great year. Can't wait to get things started. It's good times coming up. So let's uh, let's let's hit uh, right off the bat here. What what would a championship and the National Basketball Association mean to Phoenix and Arizona writ large, Kurt? What do you have for me on that front? Yeah, I mean, Rich, the biggest thing is you realize as you kind of go through this and when I was playing is that 
anytime you make a run for a championship, um, it's about an entire community. It's not just about the team and the organization. It's about that community coming with you. And it's been a long time since the Suns have been in this position and competing for a championship. And, you know, really just across the valley, it's been a long time, um, you know, waiting for their teams to get to this point. Uh, and, and so it's fun to watch the city get excited. Um, you know, my, my son-in-law was raised here, and he's been, you know, a diehard Suns fan for 30-plus years. And you're starting to see that excitement from all these people that have been Suns fans forever uh, and now sitting here at 2-0. and 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 everybody's kind of feeling it a little bit. Obviously, there's a long way to go mm-hmm. uh, in the <laughs> NBA Finals. you still got to win four. Yes. But there is a lot of buzz and excitement in this community, and that's what it's all about is bringing that whole entire community. And, you know, I saw it when I was playing. Is an unbelievable community, the way they support their players and their teams. And so it would be awesome for, uh, for the Suns to bring a championship back here you know i was actually texting with larry fitzgerald last night who's you know a minority owner with the team and i told him i said the only problem i have is that i don't want your first ring to be from an nba basketball (laughs) court and not an nfl football field and so that was my only regret about it but you know a big part of the team and a big part of you know, helping turn things around and the excitement around the team. And so I'm excited for him and the entire team. How did Larry respond to that text, Kurt? Can you give me that response? Uh, he, he, he didn't He didn't really say anything to that. I, mm. I know he feels the same way, as excited as he would be to, to be a part of that championship. There's no doubt that he would he would rather get the one uh, that's holding up the Lombardi and on a football field, you know, sooner. I bet. I bet. And just, you know, because we, we started the show talking about, Kurt, you know, how how this team is just hitting its stride. It gets better, you know, like they're getting better. That that's the, And that's why there is a, a sense of inevitability, even though there are two games to go. They're getting better. You know, Bridges had a career high. You, you, you see both Camerons performing better. You're seeing Crowder. You're seeing Aiton. And then obviously Paul and, and Booker. With Monty Williams, we played a soundbite at the top of the show, too, of how he was coaching Aiton in the huddle. I love Monty Williams. I just love I, – I, you know, I, I'll say this, Kurt. I, I, he reminds me of Dungy, the way that he yep. comports himself. And it isn't the loudest guy in the room, but what he says lands like he's yelling. You know what I'm saying? He's got that quality. And, and you know that he's been through some stuff as well. Yes. And so I, I think everybody has gravitated to his personality, not just on the team, but in the community. And uh, I think really around the league and are pulling for, you know, this man that uh, has been through a bunch and is a tremendous leader in the way that he carries himself and the reason that he does what he does. And you can tell that he cares uh, not just about winning a championship, but he cares about these young men and helping them be the best. And so unbelievable leadership from that standpoint you know i even text larry again last night it's just you know the team reminds me to some degree of our team back in 08 you know kind of the the old leader at the helm uh, you know in chris paul who's kind of come in and settled down all these these young pieces but then there's so many young superstars surrounding him but he seemed to be the glue and the leader that brought everything together and it kind of reminded me of our team in 08 that the old guy came in and kind of leading and settling down the charge when we get to the playoffs. But it's that young talent that's really separating them. And, you know, you're starting to find out about some of these guys that 
you know, to me, were household names. Not that I'm a, a huge NBA fan, but, um, you know, watching the finals and, as you said, Bridges and Aiden coming into his own, where I remember a couple years ago people going, oh, man, he's a bust, and, and why did they pick him where they did? And now he's settled in with that leadership of, of Chris Paul. So it's just it's fun to see, and it's reminiscent a little bit of, of our run. And I think a lot of championship teams, you have those different pieces. And as you mentioned, this team has the pieces, a lot of great role players playing their part with a couple great leaders and and great players spearheading this thing and it's just it's been fun fun to watch the way they carry themselves and the humility by which they play and uh, it's just it's fun and and i really hope that they can finish this thing off and it's an excellent analogy there kurt where you're you were the the older guy coming in in arizona and leading a championship run and Chris Paul doing the same thing here and you being uh, an excellent basketball player in your own mind. Do you equate your game with Chris Paul's as well, Kurt? I like how you say that in my own mind. Yeah, um, I like to think I'm a good basketball player in other people's minds too, but you're right in in my mind. Um, No, I'm nothing like Chris Paul when I play basketball. When I played football, I pass the ball a lot. Okay. When I play basketball, I shoot the ball a lot. Okay. So I'm more like the booker uh, of my, you know, pick up basketball games at the house so unfortunately i can't i can't say i i deliver and i'm, I'm dropping dimes from that standpoint <laughs> completely different from chris paul when i play basketball well and plus you broke your face playing basketball like devin booker right Kurt? <laughs> that's another I, I i did that i broke my jaw <laughs> uh, as you remember well in the middle of the nfl season a couple of years ago yeah. i did break my jaw playing so you're more booker that's a good point you're more booker you're booker <laughs> and paul like you're... I, I play with my face Kurt Warner here uh, on the Rich Eisen show Um, and I guess what what do you think because I was watching Larry call uh, the action on the match do do you think he's done I I, I don't want you to speak for him nobody does but what what do you think do you glean anything from those conversations at all Kurt you know I mean we don't talk a lot about that Uh, we have talked about it over the years and I always got the sense that uh, you know, he was one season away that, you know, he, he could have retired at any point in time, but right. as long as he felt like he could contribute to a team, as long as he felt like the team had a chance to be successful um, and, you know, he liked his role on the team, that as long as he was healthy, he'd keep coming back. Now, I really thought this was going to be it for him, um, but I think the longer this thing plays out, the more I kind of think to myself, I think he might come back. You know, I'm I'm really surprised we haven't heard anything at this point with mm-hmm. training camps a month away or whatever. And to me, it just kind of lends itself to to him coming back. But the one thing I will say about about Fitz is he's never wanted to make anything about him. And so I wouldn't be surprised, you know, as they get right to training camp and there's buzz around the league of all this other stuff that maybe he announces it then so he can just kind of slide under the radar. And it's not, you know, it's not worldwide news. And again, obviously, it still will be mm-hmm. if Larry Fitzgerald retires. But you know what I'm saying is that right. he's not on the front page and he's not the only story because that's never been who Larry Fitzgerald is, is that he might just try to slide it in, um, you know, at the last minute where they can't make a big to do about it. But, um, yeah, it just to me, it feels like I think they've built some things they've you know, put J.J. Watt and A.J. Green and Rodney Hudson and added some great veterans to the, the young talent that they have, that you just feel like this could be a year that, you know, the Cardinals kind of turn the table a little bit and get to the playoffs and who knows, make another run. And, and I know he desperately 
wants to do that. He desperately wants another opportunity hmm. at a championship. So I think how he feels about this team and where they're at, um, you know, could go a long way in deciding if, uh, if he ultimately tells a retirement or, or goes another year. A few more minutes left with Kurt Warner here on the Rich Eisen Show and also on the match. You saw Aaron Rodgers just play out of his skull, play some, some excellent golf. And leading into that, he was talking about how he's worked on his mental uh, approach and his mental calmness and removing negativity from his life. And I thought, my, man, he he was doing that last year as the MVP, and now he's even got more of potentially um, uh, Zen qualities coming in. I, we got to see him play. I, I I wonder how you see. Honestly, we got to see him play. I wonder what you think now that you're. You know, here we are, a couple weeks from training camp. Remove what you think is is going on there. What will happen? Well, to I mean, I've always said that. I just I, I believe he will play in a Packer uniform. Is that I just if you're the Packers, I don't know if you can let it play out any other way. I've got to see him not play before I'm going to think about making any moves to let him out the door. I mean, he's just too special of a player. He means too much. He makes your team so much better. Um, and just the leadership that he brings. And as you said, the calmness that he brings. I mean, you talk about where he's at now. I've always thought he's handled himself extremely well in terms of being able to handle whatever comes his way and not getting too excited about it. I mean, we all remember the, the relax and, and all of those things that he's always handled himself that way really really well and i believe he'll do that again this year even though it's been kind of a crazy off season i think he'll come back and battle with his guys um unless they trade him and i, I think he will be playing i mean it just to me it just makes sense and maybe i'm just being an optimist because i'm a huge fan of of the league and what he brings to the table and how he makes our league better and uh i'm hopeful that he doesn't go somewhere else and that he stays in a back all right, before I let you go, Kurt, I saw your Instagram feed and your Twitter feed because I follow you, Kurt. I'm a friend. I'm a colleague. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the photographs that you tweeted out and IG'd out from the set of the film based on your life, Zachary Levi playing you and uh, Anna Paquin playing uh, Brenda, your wife, Dennis Quaid playing Vermeil, uh, American underdog, right? And uh, it looked yep. great, man. And the reaction was stupendous that people were responding to it. It was great. That's yeah, awesome. we're, we're, I mean, we're excited. I mean, obviously, I mean, it's pretty surreal that, uh, you know, so many blessings in our life over the years and crazy to think, you know, as you're going through the journey and wondering if you're ever going to get another opportunity to play in the NFL and then you do and it plays out the way that it has that, uh, you know, who would have thought back in those moments that it would turn into a big screen movie because it's kind of a one-of-a-kind story. And a lot of people take inspiration and, and encouragement from what I went through and, the, you know, the struggles that I went through to get to where I'm at. Um, and so it's been a long time coming. We've been working on this project for a long time, but we really feel as if we got it right. And, you know, that to me was always the key was, making sure we shared the right story and a story that could really impact people and not just football fans. I think that's the thing people are going to love about this movie is, you know, people are going to see it from a you know, big picture standpoint as, as a football movie. Um, but it is an underdog movie and not just my story. You know, there's some other underdogs that, that surround me that I think are really going to impact the masses. And that to me is what's going to be cool when it's all said and done is, I think no matter what your demographic, no matter where you stand, no matter whether you're a sports fan or not, um, 
you know, you're a dreamer or not, there's going to be elements in here that really impact people and encourage people and, and show how you can win uh, being an underdog. And so that, to me, is going to be the coolest part. I don't want to obviously give away a whole bunch of it. Sure. But, um, but you know personally that there's some uh, some really cool underdog stories in my family, and we're going to try to tie those all together, um, you know, kind of woven through the football career and that underdog story. And, and I really believe that people are going to be touched, um, even if they go in going, oh, okay, I'll go to the football movie for my husband or, you know, I'll go because I heard the story. I think they will be impacted by a number of different things that uh, that happened in the movie. I love it. And it, the video you showed, it it does look like, you know, Zachary Levi's got your throwing motion. Like he uh, the big the shoulder pads. Yeah, he, he, he looks like he nailed easy. it. Let's not let's let's not go that far. Come I mean, on now. No, we No, because uh, I know no no, I mean that. <laughs> Zach came came to the house for a couple of days and and we tried to work on it and uh Oh no, you know, it, I've it, been it on the business fun. end of that, Kurt. I've been on the business end of that. You're uh, exactly he's, he's, you no wonder. I, got, I got high standards. Oh, I have very no. high standards, Rich. You know that. Uh especially if you were playing me in the movie. We you know, we <laughs> oh, would have no. really high standards. I feel uh, but for no, him. It, it was fun and <laughs> you know, I mean it, that's always the funny part of it is that you know, people will see different oh, things and yeah. oh my gosh, you know, he doesn't throw like Kurt and it's like Come on, people. Let's let's understand what this is and the fact that I spent 40 years of my life throwing a football where Zach Levi or any of these other guys that have played football players on TV, that's not what they do. And so I thought Zach did an incredible job. Um, and, you know, shooting the football scenes was really, really cool. I think it's going to look uh, look unbelievable. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's it's like everything else when you're making a movie. You know, we got to step back and understand the movie-making process. No. And I hope everybody else can as well. But you're right. I, I think he did a great job. Okay, good. Uh, See, that, you know, that wasn't tough to say. So, you're saying, so Zachary Levi's been in Warner's Corner. He knows what it's like to be uh, in Warner's Corner. Oh, he, he, so you're he telling me? He definitely knows what oh, it's like. As we were going God. through the whole process, because I was on set. Uh, you know, I, I hit set for, you know, maybe a week total, just kind of bouncing <laughs> around. And it was ironic that it was for most of the football scenes. So, yes, I had to go out there almost every day. Hey, you got to do this a little different. got to do that a little different. So, yes, he was in Warner's Corner the whole shooting of the movie um, under that scrutiny for sure. But, uh, but he, like I said, he handled it well, That's and he awesome. did great, and it was, it was fun. We had so much fun when, you know, when he actually did drop a dime, as you know, and you do that on your show or, or you get those moments. And you, know, you know what that feeling's like. Oh, sure. And he, he had that feeling a couple times where he just felt like, oh, all right, cut right there. That's the one uh, where he could really feel it. And, and those are the cool moments when, when you have a movie and, and you know you just you nail it and you get it right. And, uh, and Zach had some of those throwing a football um, where I know he was nervous going in I with bet. that part of it because cause you understand. You understand how everybody looks at that stuff. But Zach, I think, did an unbelievable job uh, in this role. And, and I'm excited for everybody to see it on the big screen. Who plays me, Kurt? Who, who plays me? You never told me who plays me. Um, you didn't make the cut. Well, Kurt, I'm an American <laughs> well, underdog too. I, I mean, I, I I I worked at supermarkets when I was in high school. I'm I, I took a podcast. You know, I have a podcast into into a show. You know, I mean, I'm I'm with you. Our our relationship really didn't start until what would be considered part two <sighs> of this. So maybe <laughs> when there's a part two, I'm in the sequel. Now, now, here's the thing I will say, Rich, and I don't know this, yes, Kurt. You know, if this is factual or not, 
but you were probably on Sports Center when I took over in '99. Oh yeah. So if if there's anything that you said about oh the Rams are done and the Rams are over and they got no chance with this guy, uh, you know, now that Trent Green went down, maybe maybe that will be your cameo in the movie. I, I don't know oh. if you, you had anything like that happen. But, no, uh, we Kurt. may have to scour scour you know some of your your sports casting or uh, your sports center broadcast and see uh see what you said around that time and maybe 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 we can fit you in with a cameo now i'm nervous i'll be honest with you now i'm nervous uh, you don't remember what you said do you you no, don't have any idea no not at all i was yeah. just i was just saying man they got marshall falk they're ready to go and everything you know and then uh, okay now all look right, well, now look All at right, us. maybe you put that positive spin on it. Maybe you'll get that cameo on that side. Of it. <laughs> All right, Kurt. Uh, Joe, uh, real quick, when, when does it come out? Do you have a release date yet or a plan for it? Or, uh, the release or... date as of now, and again, I think things are always right. in the of course. middle of the pandemic, uh, the ability to change. But December 10th is where it is Ooh. scheduled for uh, for release in the Fantastic. theaters on December 10th. So we Just are, in time for we the are holidays. excited about it. Fantastic, Kurt. Well, terrific. Best of Brenda, safe journeys. Um, we'll see you on the ESPYs this weekend, correct? We're going to see. All right, brother. Yep, yep. We're going to be presenting on the ESPYs, so uh, we will see you soon. Can't wait to uh, to catch up and we'll get back to ball. See you at the hall. Take care, Kurt. All right, buddy. You're the best, the best, Kurt Warner, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Oh man, I feel for Zachary Levi. I cannot imagine what it must have been like because I I just see the way that that Kurt's just. You know, he breaks down. When I say Warner's Corner, there's that segment on game day morning. Right, right. Every Sunday, Warner's Corner, he breaks down things by film, and there's no perfect quarterback. I mean, he will find a he will find a hole in everybody. And he'll raise his hand and say, you know, my, my game has holes too, but, but he's Kurt Warner. And I can't imagine Zachary Leva. Oh, no, yeah, don't do it that way. I did it this way. You shouldn't do it that way. Oh, I can't even imagine that. That would drive me crazy. <laughs> oh man sure sounds too like what do you think Fitz coming back sounds like he thinks that is it long the longer it goes the longer it goes I mean we're three weeks away from training camp so the longer it goes and it's gone this long he's up there in Tahoe right now isn't he yeah not that Larry needs training camp or anything but Look, if he hasn't been working, it, it, it could be a wrap. If he didn't do anything that he normally does between end of season and now because right. he's not playing, then that's a, that's a wrap. Right. But it didn't look like he let himself go. No. He's always, you know, looking phenomenally. So Right. While we're on the subject of underdog stories, what happened in Major League Baseball right here in Southern California last night is exactly why we watch the sport and love the sport of baseball. It was backyard, dreamlike, childhood material that happened on a real baseball diamond last night, and I cannot wait to talk about that with you. That's next, right here on this edition of The Rich Eisen Show before Kevin Clark of The Ringer joins us, and our poll question is fun. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O, O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. How did you get involved with Anchorman to begin with? Just throw I auditioned that one out for there. it. You I did. had to audition and then I had to screen test for it. And Will and I had such a good time. And, you know, it was the first time I had was asked to improv in an audition. And I was terrified. What do you mean? They just threw it at you? Like, just, just say whatever you want to say, you guys. And I was like, oh, my God, I'd never done that before. <laughs> you know, I was on Married with Children. And it was like, you, you know, you stick to the script. You do sure. not, you know, go off of what... They have written for most television so shows. This was like a really bizarre thing. And I think right. what happened was I, I got into a groove with it. And that's why I think why I ended up getting the job. How does I could play? Is it safe for work? How you got in the groove? Because some <laughs> of the things that they say from the film are not. Well, what I said in the work. audition was, is, I can't repeat here. What Santiago it, really it, means? Or something? No, it was something that I just threw in. I don't even know what I say. I know what I said, but I can't say it. But I, I just I just heard like Adam McKay like cracking up, and Will started to crack up. There's actual footage of it, of what I said that's on a, the audition tape. Okay. And I think that was what got, that's what got me the job. Now, did you watch any specific local news anchors for your work? I did. That? There, there was a documentary that was all, which is what sparked the idea of Anchorman for Will and for Adam, mm -hmm. which was sort of this, this time when it was very misogynistic and there was no females in, in that, that arena. Mm -hmm. And so I watched that, um, which was really fascinating. And I studied um, just, some of the first female anchors during that time, during the seventies and, and their, their voices were different. So and you did serious research. I did serious research. I like read, you know, Jessica Savage's book. I you know, I, 
was reading wow. stuff of Barbara Walters. And I know it doesn't appear that I did any <laughs> research when you did watch the movie, but I'm telling you right now, I had to like find, for me, I needed to have that information to see what kind of struggles it was like for a woman at that time to yeah, come into that business. I mean, I didn't read those books, but was there a part of Barbara Walters' memoirs when she walked into an office and her colleagues were singing a cappella Afternoon Delight that came in handy for <laughs> no, you? No, that it didn't. was more about like just trying to find who Veronica was, you know, and Veronica, and, and, and that's what sort of inspired her having three-piece suits because I thought even though it was a skirt, she had, was wearing like three-piece suits in this the whole time because she's right. dealing in a man's world and I thought... For her, she has to appear to be incredibly strong. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot that came in with that. The, it was the, the voice, the, the the motivation, the struggles of, of what these women were going through at that time. Right, and um, and then you kind of have to let it all go and just and sure and make the funny. The iconic film Anchorman in theaters near you for the first time, seventeen years ago today. Wow. Fun with Christina Applegate here four years ago on The Rich Eisen Show. Back here, 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on our show. Right here on NBC Sports on Peacock. Right here on Sirius XM Channel 211, NBC Sports Audio. Right here on this, uh, on Odyssey app. You can stream us uh, as well every single day on Odyssey. And right here on this Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate terrestrially. Our our, um, affiliate here in Southern California. The mightier 1090. Um, Their signal goes from the South Pole to the North Pole and then all the way back around again. (laughs) That's how strong it is. Um, But I bring them up in particular because they are right there in the seat of all the excitement in San Diego, California. Oh, pardon me. Slam Diego, California. Let's not not screw that up. The San Diego Padres. Oh, baby. (laughs) who are just so excited. <laughs> so fun to watch. You, TJ Jefferson, uh, are the owner and proprietor of a Fernando Tatis rookie card because we were talking about him so much last year, correct? Yeah, You're like, yeah. oh, we were talking about him, and I go, uh, Jumped in there put early. some hard-earned uh, TJ Jefferson dollars on that. So the uh, reason why we bring this up is because, you know, when you're a kid in a backyard, right, I sometimes hear my son Cooper do this, and I, I, I need to get this on on uh, on my phone, where he's in the backyard, and you you could hear him in his high pitched voice. He's calling the action of him hitting a wiffle ball. Oh, you yeah. know, like sometimes when I'll just see him just flip a wiffle. We we all self hit, self pitch when we were kids. He'll do that sometimes when either Susie and I aren't out there throwing it to him. You hear it in his high pitched voice. He's calling it, and it's every single time. It's of course it's a home run, and you dream of moments like that. You dream of moments of hitting it out, and crowd goes crazy. Maybe your parents are in the stands, right? And it's always the game winner. But sometimes it happens when you're down 8-2. to two. Like last night. The San Diego Padres are down 8 nothing actually, because Trey Turner hit two home runs, and the Washington Nationals gave that 8 nothing lead, that eight-run cushion to Max Scherzer. You've heard of him, right? Heard of him. Okay. And you, Darvish, versus Max Scherzer, didn't think it would be 8 nothing like oh, that I mean, so fast, yeah, right? Didn't think that would be happening. And certainly didn't think that you, Darvish, would come out with an injury, too. So you're down all those runs. Your, your, your ace pitcher, your star pitcher, is out with an injury, and you're, okay, what the hell's happening now? And that's a wrap. That's all she wrote. I mean, Max Scherzer. Um, and so with Darvish out, 
the Padres turn to a local product just called up from AAA. And his name is Daniel Camarena, and he is from San Diego, California. Uh, let me get this right. Cathedral Catholic High's own. Woo. In the game, just try and keep us in it, kid, against <laughs> Max Scherzer. Yeah, eat up some innings. And the Padres load the bases on Scherzer in the fourth. And because their bullpen's taxed, their starter's out, you know, Jace Tingler, the manager, decides to send Camarena to the plate. It's his first career at-bat in the major leagues. Just called up from AAA by his hometown team with Max Scherzer on the mound and Don Orsillo on the mic. Camarena to deep right field. Camarena plays it. Slam Diego. Are you kidding me? The Padres pitcher that is brought up from El Paso, the San Diego kid, to a grand slam. That's unbelievable. Oh my gosh! Off Max Scherzer. <laughs> It's like it's, it's like just, Don forgot that no, Scherzer no, was pitching. But it's just he he it, it, it's so stunning that he he hits a a home run, a grand slam home run in Slam Diego, and 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 I think it just dawns on Don as he's right. circling the bases, just how insane <laughs> this is, and he he hits the perfect tone yeah, of yeah. this is insane, right? Now we we're not showing the video, or you know we don't have the rights. But was that his dad Dad yeah. in the stands with the phone? Because he's like, out. okay, my son's got his first major league at bat. I'll just record it, you know. And you see his father. He's like, he's like crying. He's flipping out. <laughs> yeah. His, it's amazing. His family's in the stands. He doesn't even know he's going to be in the game. He's called up. He doesn't even know he's going to be in the game under the circumstances. You Darvish is out. He doesn't even know he's going to be hitting. It's a matter of fact. He was using the bat and the batting gloves that one of his teammates in AAA gave him when he got called up. In the minors, he hit eight, five for 28 with no extra base hits and no RBI. <laughs> he debuted earlier this season. It's not his major league, you know. It was his first career hit. Debut was his first career hit. Pardon me. Yeah. He struck out in his only at-bat earlier in the year. And he goes yard on Max Scherzer, who had never given up a grand slam to a pitcher before. He was going to the Hall of Fame. Can you play that again? I got to hear Orsillo's reaction again. Can, play, play that again, please, because it's just this is the the this is what this is the soundtrack of what my son I think is is high pitched screaming. What I did to this is what it is when you see a child calling his or her action in the backyard or your front lawn. Camarena to deep right field. Camarena plays it. Slam Diego. Are you kidding me? The Padres pitcher that is brought up from El Paso. The San Diego kid. To a grand slam. That's unbelievable. Oh my gosh. Off back Scherzer. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Don Orsillo. Way to live your best life, man, in the moment. And, oh, you know, I mean, Slam Diego. Padres have five grand slams this year, 12 since the beginning of 2020. 
this just in. That's the most in the major leagues. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. By the way, they won the game. Yeah, walk off. They won the game in the bottom of the ninth, coming back from eight runs down, ties the biggest comeback in the history of the San Diego Padres, last accomplished in 1974 and before that 1970. But oh, oh, oh no, this, as longtime fans of this show know, reeks. Ooh of Old Gen Stat right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Old Gen Stats! The 28-year-old Camarena was the first relief pitcher to hit a grand slam since Pittsburgh's Don Robinson did it in September 12, 1985. However, Camarena becomes just only the second pitcher in Major League history whose first career hit was a grand slam. The first was Bill Duggleby of the Philadelphia Phillies on April 21st, 1898. (laughs) No way. That's your old Jen Stott here on the Rich Eisen Hmm. Show today. Old Jen Stott's. All right, so quick quick math. That dude last night did something that no one's done in 123 years. That's a correct uh, uh, piece of uh, mathematic addition and subtraction, yes, sir. Baseball. And if you watched it, if you watched it it's a pitch one. It was a ball. It was low. He it was it inside. Yeah, he yeah. golfed it. He <laughs> should never. Two, on a one-two ball. On he a one shouldn't two have fastball. swung should at that pitch. Swinging. And he, he golfed it out. He muscled it out. Here's the here's here's Camarena's quote. Here's the quote. Are you ready for this? Oh, by the way, and then and then uh, I think it was Machado who put the the chain that they're putting yeah, on the all the home run. Yeah, Anybody who hits a home run, he put the chain on him and he spun the San Diego uh, <laughs> logo. Just spun it, and they were going crazy. Crazy, badass. Quote from Camarena: "Oh my God, I blacked out." <laughs> <laughs> I hit first base, then all of a sudden I noticed the lights were flashing in the stadium, and that's when it kind of hit like, oh, my God, I just hit a home run. Not only that, a grand slam, end quote. And Otani thought he cornered the market on pitching and homering. Can we get this dude in the home run derby? Is, dude, is it it's incredible. This is why we love it and why I flip out when things don't go Right, and baseball steps on their own, you know what. I, I, I just, this is what, this is it. You know, I got a tweet last night, and I'm sorry, I'm not, I don't know the name of the follower right off the bat. Somebody tweeted me and said, you, sh- you need to talk about, I hope you talk about this on tomorrow's show, and I'm like, done. Done. This is why we watch sports. This is why we love sports. This is why Kurt Warner's making a story about an American underdog. Come on. Kid from San Diego. Has no idea using somebody else's gloves yeah, and bat. No, just, no idea go. if he's going to even get in a game, let alone in that spot, and let alone do what he did with his parents in the stands. Come Off on. Max Scherzer. Off All right, one more time. Play it one more time. <laughs> give, me, give, me, give me Ursillo one more time, please. Just give it to me one more time. I mean, yeah. he's, it's just, he, I he's mean, this is, I love it when broadcasters live up to the moment. Go ahead, hit it. Please do it. Go ahead. Camarena! Slam! It's a 
I love it. I don't know. We could make we could make three drops out of that. It's, oh are you gosh. kidding me? That's yeah, unbelievable. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Well done. Well done. Love it. Can't get enough of it. Kevin Clark of the Ringer is going to be joining us in hour number two. Our poll question's terrific. Your phone calls as well. Paul Shear, the very funny Paul Shear, in hour number three as well. You know, Orsillo used to be the Red Sox yeah, TV I know. guy forever. And uh, someone tweeted me last night about it because, you know, I, I tweeted out that Don's a goat. And I was like, it, losing Don might be worse than losing Mookie. <laughs> and like, I'm not even, I'm not even kidding. I'm like, not even kidding. Oh, uh, man. I love that people, you know, um, feel that way about announcers because that's, you know, we're. But you just heard, you heard it in the call. Like, and you heard it in the calls last year when he first coined the Slam Diego, like, he cares. He's into it. He's a fan. Like, it's all out there. This is what he's feeling in that but exact you could, moment. You could also hear, though, he's a fan of not just, you know, uh, look. The team he's calling, but, but he the game. He's not a homer, though. I, he's I not a homer. Call. Like, he'll, he's not a he'll homer. say, you know, and maybe that's the. But he's excited at what's happening. Maybe that's the East Coast. I don't know. But no, that's not true. You can hear. You, you can hear. I shouldn't say that. You know, um, Kruko and Kuiper up in San Francisco have been terrific for years. So, yeah. I mean, shouldn't just. I'm just kind of just trying to get TJ's goat by saying he's not an East Coaster. But um, no, I, I you could hear, though, he's a fan of moments like this. I mean, yeah, fan ter- of the like A-plus broadcasters know when a full-course meal has just been presented yeah. to him or her, and they know how to slice it up, consume it, and then serve it to others. It's just that was – that's the moment, And also, man. too, it's kind of like the I'm thing, getting goosebumps just yeah, even because like, this is why we watch. I know I keep repeating myself, and I know it's just uh, one moment in time here in July, but yeah. this is a, that's it right there. And, and there's there are, a, of course, about the call, too. It's kind of like what makes Joe Buck so great. It's the simpleness of the call, it's too. It's simple. It's just, can you believe it? I know. I'm sure, sir. Like, he doesn't <laughs> overtalk or kind of step over the moment. Yeah, except Joe hates your team, though. <laughs> yeah, right. You're right. And we hate him. For that. And he knows that. And I can tell Joe that. I love you, but I hate you for hating my team. Even when you're not calling the game, you hate my team. (laughs) That was my favorite Twitter moment in the last history of Twitter. Joe, you suck for hating on my team right now. And Joe responds, I'm not calling the game. I'm not calling the game. It's not me, bro. (laughs) Why do you hate my team, Joe Buck? When you're not calling the game. Fantastic. That's also why we watch. Yeah. And listen. All right. That's it for hour number one here on this Rich Eisen Show uh, Friday edition. We're back with Kevin Clark of The Ringer to talk football and more in a moment. 